Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in beautiful downtown Redan, Georgia. I am the Motormouth. Welcome to the show, folks. I want to thank you for listening in, whether you're uh, calling in, checking that out on an archived episode. In either case, I want to thank you for uh, uh, supporting what I'm doing, listening to what I got to say, hanging around while I run my mouth. If you're interested in calling in, Phone number is 347-945-7975. Had a great time the other night with Ken the Cookie Man. Hope you guys check out his show, The Forbidden Fruit, also on Blog Talk Radio. Great, great opportunity to uh, listen to some real talk from a real man, a real lady, talking about some real issues. But tonight, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to talk some sports. I'm going to run my mouth, and then I'm going to finally run out of – time, and I'm going to pass out and go to sleep, go to work tomorrow, but what a great last four or five days of football, topped off last night with what I had hoped was going to be a great football game, New Orleans Saints going up to the Pacific Northwest to play the big time, big, bad Seattle Seahawks, thought it was going to be a big war, and ooh, all it ended up being was Seattle opened up a big old can of whoop-ass on them Saints. Uh, they walked in saying who that, and then they left going, what the hell was that? <clears throat> it was unbelievable how, un- how good they, ooh, how much they got smacked around, how much they looked like a very average, mediocre team against the Seattle Seahawks. Those Seattle Seahawks play a very rugged, a very physical, a very disciplined a very dynamic brand of football. And if they keep going at this rate, it's going to be really hard for anybody to beat them. Of course, this week they play against the San Francisco 49ers, and that's going to be an absolute war because, in my opinion, you have the two running backs in the NFL that run harder than any other running backs I've seen in a long time. Those, Those guys run like they're angry, like they're mad, like they're trying to in, inflict pain upon people. You don't see running backs run with the aggression of Frank Gore and Marshawn Lynch. I mean, if you're a 200-pound DB, I advise you to, to, to get out of the way when those two guys come at you. Uh, both very physical, very strong, great size, but uh, just the running styles are just, to me, extremely impressive. Yeah, they may not be the best running backs in the NFL. Of course, that title uh, belongs to Adrian Peterson. But these two guys don't take a backseat to anybody because, I mean, they run with a reckless abandon that uh, we haven't seen in the NFL in a long, long time. And, And strangely enough, both of them seem to stay rather healthy for the most part. Uh, You know, you got some running backs that they can't seem to stay in the lineup. But with Frank Gore and Marshawn Lynch, uh, you know, you can pretty much rely on them 
every week. And then, uh, like I said, I want to touch on that game uh, last night, and it was just dominated by the Seattle Seahawks. The final score was 34 to seven, but it could have been 340 to seven. Uh, just a mix, mixed match of uh, talent and, and, and performance uh, between the two teams. Drew Brees, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, probably on his way to a Hall of Fame career, was held to a rather pedestrian 23 for 38 for 147 yards. Nobody holds Drew Brees down to 147 yards passing. I believe it's been like 43 games since the uh, 43 game streak that he had of passing for at least 200 yards. And these guys go to the Pacific Northwest and have to face not only the Seattle Seahawks, but they have to face that 12th man, which is a real entity up there. I remember weeks ago, I got all over them. I said, uh, you know, you're stealing the 12th man moniker that was created down in College Station by Texas A&M. You don't have any right to do that. I apologize. They have taken the 12th man to a whole nother level and unbelievable how much of an effect the noise, the, the, the decibels that they create, uh, and how much negativity it causes for the opponents on offense. So the 12th man is real. Definitely Seattle defense is real. They held the New Orleans offense to 188 total yards, 188 total yards. That's 44 yards rushing. I mean, you're talking Pierre Thomas. You're talking uh, Mark Ingram in the running game, 44 yards total. You're talking Jimmy Graham, Darren Sproles, Marcus Colston, 144 yards in the pass game? I mean, that, it's just unbelievable how well Pete Carroll has that team playing and the emotion that they use and the, the bravado that they, they come up to the game with. Uh, you know, they're going to be an extremely hard team to beat if they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You can pretty much write them in for the Super Bowl if that happens. Uh, but it was a great game for one of the two teams, uh, New Orleans. Uh, and then they have to turn around, and New Orleans has to turn around and follow up not only that loss, but they lost the week before. And now uh, this week they've got the late game on Sunday, and they're playing the Carolina Panthers, who are one of the top five teams in my power ranking in the NFL. I'll get to that a little bit later. But, I mean, uh, what a gauntlet of, of games that that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. It's just been – it's some great football. And, and it's not even that I'm a fan of either one of those teams or any of those teams, but the quality of football is just so excellent. It's, you just got to enjoy watching it. I do want to go over my picks a little bit a little bit later in a couple of minutes. My, my picks for this week, because we've got games starting up on Thursday again, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out. We'll go over my uh, NFL power rankings. We'll uh, check out my Motormouth, mostly NCAA college football rankings and some of the games that are coming up. We'll touch on the BCS championship. I've got some commentary on that. And uh, then we'll finish off with, uh, you know, if somebody calls in or somebody has something to say, we'll, we'll wrap it all up uh, uh, with that at the end of the show. But I just want to remind you that you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. I am the man Motormouth Mosley doing what I do, run my mouth, talk football. Uh, this week's play the games, we're going to start off with, we've got Houston going into Jacksonville. A few weeks ago, I was all over Jacksonville. Said they couldn't beat anybody. Said they were going to go 0-16. 
said that their coach probably wouldn't make it to uh, the end of the season. I'm a big man, and I apologize. The Jacksonville Jaguars are playing decent football. They're hosting the Houston Texans, who are not playing that great of football. They played a great game last week against New England, but overall they're struggling. They got their coach, Gary Kubiak. He's working his way back. Uh, so maybe that will have some positive effects on them. But they just didn't really look all that uh, good the previous weeks up until last week. But uh, they go into Jacksonville. I'm picking Jacksonville to win that game at home. Yes, I'm picking Jacksonville. I think it's the second or third time this season that I've picked Jacksonville, and I'm sticking with the pick this weekend. We've got Indianapolis going into Cincinnati playing the Bengals. Bengals will win that game. Atlanta won up last week. Played Buffalo up in Toronto, up in Canada, A, eh? and won, believe it or not. So they're now sitting at three and nine, but they go up to Green Bay, the frozen tundra that is Wisconsin, and they play the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers are still playing without Aaron Rodgers. So it's uh, normally I would say it would be Green Bay by a bunch at home. But I'm going to say because Atlanta is accustomed to playing in a dome, and although they played in the dome last week up in Toronto, they're going to be playing outside in Green Bay this weekend. And unless that offensive line of Atlanta improves drastically, the front seven for Green Bay will have a field day, and uh, Matt Ryan will be on his back constantly. That uh, front seven is, I think, the number three sack team in the NFL. Atlanta's biting off a little bit more than they can choose, so I'm taking Green Bay. Cleveland goes into New England. We know New England's going to win. Oakland against the Jets. As much as I want to pick the Oakland Raiders in this game, I'm going to go with the Jets because they're at home. That's the only reason I've got too many friends that are Oakland Raiders fans. I want to pick Oakland. I want to pick Oakland. This kid, McGlowan, playing quarterback for me, he's not too bad. They've got a bunch of ex-Cowboys on their squad. You know what? I'm going to do something that I don't do very often. I just talk myself into changing my pick. I just talk myself into picking the Oakland Raiders to win that game in New York. Yep, I did it. You heard it. What won't happen much happened tonight. Detroit goes into Philadelphia. I'm picking an upset. Philly's in great football right now. Nick Foles is knocking it out of the park as a quarterback. Coach just said that he'll be the quarterback in, for the next 1,000 years, so he'll be starting in 2013. But I'm going to pick Detroit to go in and win this game. Yeah, uh, Detroit. Uh, Megatron, yes. And Dominican Sue, yes. Yeah, so Detroit over Philly. Uh, we've got Miami going into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Buffalo going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's going to get another victory, folks. Kansas City over Washington. I'm taking Kansas City over Washington, even though that one is in our nation's capital. Mike Shanahan, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but if you're listening, sit RG3 down. Sit him down. Let him heal. You are the coach. Dan Snyder, you are the owner. Play the owner card. Sit RG3 down. You're not doing him any favors. You're not doing that team any favors. You drafted Kirk Cousins for a reason. Let him play out the season. If, if nothing else, let him build his value for a future trade in a few years. Or if RG3 continues to get hurt, 
then you'll know what you have as, as a starting quarterback. But you're not doing RG3 nor that team any favors by playing him because he's not healthy. I don't care what he says. His game is not what it was last year, and he's hurting your team, and he's hurting himself. So, But I've got Kansas City winning that game, and you know what? All of what I just said may not even matter because Kansas City may knock him out of the game. Uh, that ferocious front they got, and I, I'm sure they're going to be angry because they just lost to Denver again at home. So they're going to be bitter. They go into Washington, and I think on that ugly tough, that ugly nasty dirt, mud, slop field that they got in D.C., uh, RG3 is just uh, he's too vulnerable. I've got Minnesota over Baltimore. Adrian Peterson, you can't fault this guy. He rushed for like 213 yards last week for Minnesota. They won a game in overtime that they probably shouldn't have won, but they're going to go into a Ray Lewis-less and Ed Green-less Baltimore Ravens team that is still playing some decent ball, uh, and Baltimore's going to take care of that one at home. Tennessee goes into Denver. Denver's going to smack them around. You've got St. Louis goes into Arizona. Arizona it's kind of a, an enigma. They play good some weeks, and then they don't play so good some weeks. But I'm going to pick them this week to win the game, and I'm calling an early call on my rookie of the year. My defensive rookie of the year is none other than the Honey Badger. Yeah, I know that's a real reach. He was drafted in the third round. He would have been a first-round draft pick if he didn't like the ganja so much when he was at LSU. But I'm picking the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, to be – the D, uh, NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year. I know it's premature, but I'm calling it anyway. Then you've got the Giants going into San Diego. San Diego will take care of that one at home. Seattle in the three big games of the weekend. You've got the late game. Uh, you've got a late afternoon game on Sunday. You've got the night game on Sunday. And then you've got Monday night football. If you are any type of real football fan, you will want to watch all three of these games if possible. You will want to watch, get online, go to a bar, whatever it takes. If you are a football fan, not just a fan of your team, but if you are a football fan, I would highly recommend you watch the Seattle versus San Francisco game, the Carolina versus New Orleans game, and then on Monday night, the Cowboys versus the Bears. Of course, I mean, you know, that's personal, but that's just me. But those two games on Sunday afternoon and evening, Seattle versus San Francisco, Carolina versus New Orleans, those will be absolute wars. Um, Seattle coming off of that big win against New Orleans, San Francisco getting healthy. They've got Michael Crabtree back. Um, Kaepernick is, is finding his stride again. The defense is stepping up again. Uh, that's going to be just a great football game to watch. Uh, and I'm picking Seattle to go down to the Bay and take care of the Niners. Yes, I, every, people who know me personally know that one of my personal emails said something about being a San Francisco 49er hater, and that's what I used to be. But I really don't hate them like I used to because, you know, the guys that I grew up hating, uh, you know, Joe Montana and uh, Jerry Rice and uh, Ricky Waters and, uh, Rathman and, you know, Brett Jones, you know, those guys are gone. This new San Francisco 49 team, they're kind of fun to watch. They play good football. So I don't hate them as much as I used to, but I'm not picking them this week. And in the Carolina versus 
New Orleans game, I'm picking New Orleans only because they are at home. I think that will give them just a little bit of an advantage. But Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers are playing some just fantastic football. Again, another battle that's going to happen. You know, a battle on Bourbon Street, you can call it. That should be a great game. And then, of course, on Monday night, I'll be up till 11, 30, 12 o'clock watching my Dallas Cowboys, who I don't know which one's going to show up, especially on a road trip, go up against a couple of ex-former players uh, who, are playing, who are now playing for the Chicago Bears who will be playing with a chip on their shoulder because they were released by the Dallas Cowboys. You've got... Martellus Bennett, who will be their starting tight end. You've got uh, Jay Ratliff, who, you know, pro bowler, uh, perennial pro bowler with the Dallas Cowboys, who, uh, you know, unceremoniously got released by the Cowboys midseason. If he's healthy, he'll be playing, and I'm sure uh, he will be playing with uh, a, a huge, it won't even be a chip. It won't even be a chip. It will be a... a boulder on his shoulder that he'll be playing with this week. Uh, if he gets a chance at Tony Romo, uh, it could get ugly. But I'm relying on uh, Mac, uh, Frederick, and uh, Leary to keep him at bay. Uh, but it should be a great game on Monday night. The Dallas-Chicago game usually is perennial, perennially a uh, pretty good battle. So uh, make sure you uh, watch a whole lot of football this weekend starting on Thursday. Now, Thursday night's game really isn't a great one, you know, Houston versus Jacksonville, but it's a kickoff to some great football that will be played this weekend. So in review, my picks are Jacksonville, Cincinnati, New England, Oakland, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Kansas City, Baltimore, Denver, Arizona, San Diego, the Seahawks of Seattle, New Orleans Saints, and my Dallas Cowboys. Those are my picks for this weekend. Right now, I'm sitting at 117 and 70 and one tie, which nobody picked. And uh, I was nine and seven last week, so I'm still kind of taking it on the chin, even though I'm still a little bit above water uh, for the season. Not doing too bad. I guess I'd probably win some money. But again, hey, just wanted to remind you: if you tuned in last minute, don't know what you're listening to, you listen to the Motormouth. I am the Motormouth Mosley. This is the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Running my mouth, talking football, my favorite time of year, as you can tell. Now, my NFL power rankings, I've got my top five teams. Not a real big surprise to anybody. Uh, there was a little bit of shakeup, of course, that went on over the weekend because of a couple of games. Um, I now have established my top five. So I've got the New Orleans Saints at number five. They're sitting at nine and three. I've got my Carolina Panthers. They moved up a slot to number four. They're also at nine and three. Although they beat Denver a few weeks ago in a game that they probably shouldn't have won, they didn't look all that great against a very mediocre Houston Texan team this last weekend, so I moved them down. So I got the New New England Patriots now sitting at 9-3. They are my number three team. My number two team is the Denver Broncos at 10-2. And much to the surprise of nobody, Ray Charles could see it. TV wouldn't have to wonder. Number one team in the Motormouth Mosey NFL power rankings is none other than. Go ahead and say it, Krista Yoshino. 
Seattle Seahawks, number one, sitting at 11-1, trying to secure home field throughout the playoffs. Need a couple of more victories to do that. But uh, just rolling, just rolling, just bum-rushing fools right now. Ask New Orleans. They they beat New Orleans so bad, New Orleans had to stay over an extra time uh, uh, just to recover because they couldn't even get on the plane. They were so beat up. Uh, College football, getting close to that time. A lot of debate on who should be, who shouldn't be. We don't have a playoff in uh, FCS, uh, Division I. Uh, we've got one in Division Two, but not in Division One. We've got one in Division Three, but not in Division One. We will have a so-called playoff next year, uh, but we've got some conference championships being played this weekend. We've got some things being settled by some big boys and uh, some highlighted games of this coming weekend. Uh, I'll touch on them real quickly. You've got, uh, let's see, Stanford playing against Arizona State. You've got uh, number one, my number one, Florida State versus uh, Duke in the ACC championship game. You've got my number six Baylor team playing uh, Texas Longhorns in a battle that is uh, between teams that are about 100 miles apart. They're recruiting each other's backyard, know each other very well. Uh, You've got a number five Oklahoma State team playing against number 15 Oklahoma team. You've got a number seven Ohio State team playing against a number 11 Michigan State team. Big 12, suspect. That's all I got to say. Big 12, suspect. And then number two, Auburn plays Missouri, my number three team. And that's, ooh, ooh. If you don't have any plans, you might want to stick around and watch James Franklin and his boys against Coach Malzahn and his boys. Oh, that's going to be a good battle. Um, with the games that are uh, being played this weekend, you're going to have a determination of who will go to which bowl games next month or later this month. Um, I want to go over my picks for who I think will be in certain major BCS bowl games. And I'll start off with the Orange Bowl. Uh, the game I would like to see, I don't know if uh, contractually these matchups really work, but these are games that I would like to see. I would like to see in my Orange Bowl, the Discover Orange Bowl, I would like to see Alabama versus Ohio State. That's the game I'd like to see. Of course, it will be ugly. Alabama will beat them by 20, but that's the game I'd like to see, just to put Ohio State in their place. In the Sugar Bowl, the All-State Sugar Bowl, I'd like to see a battle of two yellow and green, gold and green teams playing against each other with dynamic offenses and sturdy defenses. I'd like to see the track meet that would be Baylor versus Oregon, just all-out offense, final score 83-79. to That's the game I'd like to see in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Fiesta Bowl, Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma versus Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois – is, is, is the date that nobody wanted to show up at the prom. She's the, the, the girl that nobody wanted to invite to the dance, but guess what? She rolled up in there anyway. Undefeated season, actually beat my favorite FDS team, the Eastern Illinois Panthers, beat them to give them their only one loss. But they're going to show up in the Fiesta Bowl and play against Oklahoma State would be the game I'd like to see. So Oklahoma State versus Northern Illinois in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. If you don't know the name, I think his name is John Lynch. He's the quarterback at Northern Illinois. 
you might want to watch this kid play. He can sling it like none other. Uh, Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl by Vizio. Uh, I'd like to see Oregon, uh, Arizona State versus Missouri. Arizona State versus Missouri. So you've got Pac-12, Pac-10, six-pack, whatever they're called, and then you've got the SEC. Can you handle battling an SEC team? That's the game I'd like to see. Cotton Bowl, you've got to have the University of Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Early in the season, folks are talking about firing Mac Brown. Mac Brown ain't going nowhere. The game, Mac Brown versus Les Miles, Texas versus LSU in the AT&T Cotton Bowl. And, of course, if things pan out, if nobody gets suspended, if nobody loses their SEC championship game, which they should win, Auburn versus Florida State. That's the game that will have all eyes on it. And so those are my picks for the big-time bowl games. Uh, Speaking of bowl games, next year, like I said, we will have a playoff system. It won't be as large or as uh, comprehensive as I'd like it to be because I'd like it to be probably eight teams, maybe even 16 teams, but they're not going to let that happen. So what the, they've come up with, they have this panel of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I think it's 12, 14, 12, 14 panelists on this BCS Bowl panel, and they have decided that it's going to be two of the major bowl games will feed into this national championship game. So the bowl game will be played, I believe, January 1st, uh, 2015, and then in 11 days, you will have the national championship game, which will be played on January 12th. So, and, and, and when it comes to the semifinal games, each year they will rotate. In 2014-15, it will be Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. The next year, 2016, it will be Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl. And in 2017, it will be Fiesta Bowl and the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And then it will rotate back to the Rose and the Sugar. But... Next year, they will take uh, this panel and will select uh, four teams that they feel are worthy of making it into this playoffs. And here are the panelists that are on that list. You've got Jeff Long, who is the athletic director at Arkansas, Barry Alvarez, who is now the athletic director at Wisconsin, former head coach at Wisconsin. You have a Lieutenant General, Michael Gould, who is the former Air Force Academy superintendent, I guess that means big honcho at the Air Force Academy over in uh, uh, Colorado Springs. And then you've got uh, Pat Hayden, USC athletic director, Tom Jernstedt, former NCAA executive vice president, Oliver Luck, West Virginia AD, more importantly, Andrew Luck daddy, uh, Archie Manning, former NFL quarterback, NCAA quarterback, and also Peyton and Eli Maddie. You've got Tom Osborne, former head coach and athletic director at Nebraska. Dan Radakovich, uh, the current athletic director at Clemson. Former Secretary of State and now Stanford Provost Condoleezza Rice, the only female on the panel. Mike Trangesi, former Big East Commissioner. And Steve Wiggery, former USA Today reporter. 
I would rather see Dave Reardon get that slot, but that's just me. Uh, and then to finish it off, you've got former Stanford, Notre Dame, and Washington head coach Tyrone Willingham. Got to have a brother named Tyrone in the mix. So you can call on Tyrone. Oh, sorry. Uh, so that's the panel who will pick the top four teams to play in next year's Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. The winner of that will play in the BCS championship game. Folks, you've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Uh, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, there's been a little bit of shakeup going on in some college football. Of course, Lane Kiffin got canned a few weeks ago at uh, USC. Well, Pat Hayden and his infinite wisdom in the middle of what was turning into a great end of a season fires Ed Ogeron, the head coach, the interim head coach. Some people thought that he was worthy of actually getting the job. Well, abruptly, Pat Hayden decides that he's going to hire Steve Sarkisian from the University of Washington, name him the new head coach. Ogeron said, you know what the heck with this, and resigned immediately. Uh, with uh, now opening up at UW, of course, some people said, well, he should just go to you know, Washington and take over that job. Well, there were there were some talks that the UCLA head coach, Ed Mora, I mean, Jim Mora, wanted to go up there and coach at UW. Let me give you Ed Mora. Uh, wanted to coach up there, and UCLA said, you ain't going nowhere, Cleroy, and signed him to a huge extension, keeping his butt at UCLA. So now UW is looking for a coach. Ed Ogeron is looking for a home to coach. Texas A&M signed Kevin Sutherland for a whole bunch of more years, so he ain't going nowhere. Um, but uh, over the next few weeks, you can definitely expect there to be a lot more changing in college football. Hopefully Coach Dino Babers, uh, Brian Norwood, Buzzy Preston, Josie Amalu will all find a place that wants them to be their new head football coach and can't wait but to cheer for them. Folks, you've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I want to thank you for listening. Have a great evening. Talk to you again on Thursday night, of course, after scandal and during the game. Have a blessed week, and thanks for listening in.